This podcast here is a profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. Hi. Hi. Hold on. Cody's texting me because he wants to go hang out with his friend. Mom. I told him the car needs gas and he went, so no then. I didn't say no. I said the car needs gas. <laughs> In the car. Anyways, how are you? I'm pretty good. I feel like it's been a long time since we've seen each other. Oh, so long. A full 24 hours. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Rough McGruff. <laughs> well, in the past 24 hours, are there any new developments? Um, Annie got a bed today. A toddler okay. bed. My, I guess she's still technically my boss. I don't know. She used to be my boss, and then she stepped down. She calls it um, semi-retired. She just, I guess, she came across a toddler bed like on Facebook Marketplace, and she called me. And of course, the house is a wreck, and I'm cooking dinner. And she's like, "Hey, are you home?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, I just wanted to bring something for Annie." And I'm like. Okay, sure. She's like, I'll be there in about a half hour. So there was like a mad dash to at least get the... the Make it somewhat presentable. Yes, somewhat yeah. present, which wasn't going to happen because like I was saying literally yesterday, we're still pulling carpets up, but like it looks, it looks lived in. I'll give it that way. It doesn't look like there's construction going on. It just looks like we're busy people. So yeah, she pulled up and she had like a whole bed for Annie and Annie was so excited. Was it like a cute little princess bed? Kind of. It was, it's definitely, it's like plastic and it's pink and purple and it has, I think it's like a castle scene on it. So it's not like over the top because she had showed me one that she saw. And this was like a couple weeks ago that she liked and it was over the top, like princess bed. Uh, and yeah. I was like, oh, that is cute. But like Annie was just, ecstatic like she, we just threw it down in the kitchen because james was still asleep at the time so we just threw it down in the middle of the kitchen and threw the mattress on it and annie was jumping up and down and just living her best life so she's sleeping in her big girl bed she's probably having the best night of her best night of sleep in her entire life right now she has so much room i don't know what she's gonna do with it yes i do she's got like four dolls in there right now <laughs> She's going to have, she's going to be one of those girls where it's like all of her stuffed animals are lined up on the bed. Yeah, absolutely. But her yeah. stuffed animals, like tonight, she has a moon. She has a Jack Skellington. She has a cow. And I think that's a lamb. So we, we're, uh, we got an eclectic mix there. I mean, that, that's fine. Whatever <laughs> makes her happy. Okay. For real, whatever makes her happy and quiet, just take it. I don't care. Whatever keeps her asleep. If she needs her four guardians of the moon and the cow and whatever it is, they're there. Yes, they're there. Everyone's happy. Just stay asleep for the love of God. That's what matters. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's exciting, though, for Annie. She she was. She was super Super excited. She got mad when James picked it up and then she was like, oh, we're taking it to my room. Okay. She's like, oh, okay, this is acceptable. You may yeah. touch it for this one instance. She was immediately like, as we were, because we carried the bed in and then we carried uh, the mattress in. As we were carrying the mattress in, she's like, mine? And I'm like, yes, you little brat. It's yours. Like, calm down. Say thank you first and then mine, at least. <laughs> 
Well, she's got to know if she actually needs to thank someone. Because if it's not for her, there's no point in saying thank you. That's very true. We're we're trying to instill sorry. Have I told you that? No. Oh, it's infuriating. We've tried. We she says sorry, and we've been teaching her to say it, especially when she does something mad or if she hurts what bad, or if she hurts one of us or something like that. But the way that she says it just makes me want to dot her in the eyeball. Like she's like sorry. God. No, worse. She's like sorry. Like sing songy, and she like tilts her head back and forth when she does it, and I'm like, that's not that's not genuine at all. <laughs> it's like look i'm cute so sorry exactly yeah i'm like you little jerk which i I understand she doesn't know the meaning yet but still just ooh, she's also your child yes absolutely (laughs) that is is horrible (laughs) so what are you how are y'all um i'm good i um i got a canoodle which i was gonna tell you about yesterday when we recorded Mm -hmm. and i forgot i got a canoodle guys yeah, when Bryce is like, hold on, let me put my canoodle back together. I was like, what <laughs> the shit are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because I grew up on puzzles. I used to love puzzles. But I can't do puzzles in this house because I've got an asshole cat and three asshole <laughs> dogs. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. Plus, I have nowhere to do a puzzle. Right, yeah. Whereas, like, where I grew up, I had space to do a puzzle. And so this meets my need for puzzling. Mm-hmm. to an extent i should say um so i just make cody tell me a color i'm like give me a color so he tells me a color and then i canoodle what's the point of the game uh well it has like i don't have it in here it's of course in a different room but it has like a little thing with puzzles that you can solve so like you would place like you would place like the certain colors in certain spots based off of the image it gives you and then you just have to fill it in with the rest of the pieces and solve that or i got bored of that and also i got bored of having to look at that as a reference a lot of people will just like put one piece in and then like move it around like just shake it up and wherever that piece lands you have to solve for it but you can't move like that one piece you can move every other piece around it to fill in the whole box except for that one piece that you shook up so the whole point is to get them to fit correctly in the box yes yeah okay so it's kind of like um Tetris. Kind of, but it's, it's physical. But it's canoodle. Well, I was saying it's physical. I can hold this. Tetris is a little less than being able to hold it. But that's fine. Okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. And even better, I bought it for only five bucks. Now that with shipping. With shipping. Five dollars including shipping. Yeah. Oh, I'm here for it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, deal, I'll do it. So even better. There was that. And then I realized that Maisie's bark day is on Friday. She will be two years old, two puppy years old. Aww. And I was telling my mom that next year when they're three puppy years old, Mm -hmm. I'm getting them, you know, like the squeaker toys that look like alcoholic beverages. Oh, my God. I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, so I have plans now to get them those because they'll be 21 in dog years. Oh. And so I'm going to get them boozy (laughs) on their third birthday. (laughs) Not this year because they're only 14 and she acts like it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I ordered her 
I ordered her a little birthday box. I actually ordered two, but I tried to cancel one, but it shipped before I canceled it. So I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to return that one. Okay. But that's, yeah, since yesterday, not much has changed. Um, do you want to do some time traveling? Sure. Because when this episode airs, guess who's uh, supposed to be close to making their entrance into the world? I really hope it's my new child. Yes. By the time this airs, hypothetically, you should have an additional child. That would be wonderful because uh, I don't have many pairs of pants left that fit. So I think if I, his due date is the 12th. Yes. Yeah. So this comes out on his due date. Okay. So I'm either in a lot of pain right now or probably what I'm planning is this time I said, give me the epidural super early and I'm sleeping quite nicely. Or you've already pushed a child out. That would also be great. Yeah. (laughs) That would be wonderful. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. But yes. So this is Lee's due date as well as Annie's birthday would be right around this time as well. Because hers is the 17th. Yep. We are consistent. If we're nothing else, we're consistent. That Valentine's Day gets you. Son of a bitch. (laughs) I told, uh uh-uh. Next, this February, I'm going to Alabama. Like. January, I don't know, 30th to March 1st, I will not be in the state of Arkansas. Okay, you have fun with that. (laughs) This is uh, officially the episode where Lee hypothetically is here. Hypothetically, we don't know. Amanda will announce that when she feels like it. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's where we're at. I don't think there's any holidays in that week either. But we are getting into holiday season. It's the holiday season. Tis the time to be jolly. La 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 la. Oh, you know what? I know what I was going to tell you. What? Um, I was going to tell you about our plant rescue mission. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> let everyone reserve your judgments. I don't have a green thumb. I never have. I've accepted. I probably never will. But a few years ago, it was a Christmas free thing that I bought from Walmart to decorate my desk at work. I had bought that tree. It was a living tree. I kept it alive for years. And then when I started at the place that I'm at now, I started working from home, but I had taken the tree into the office, but someone for the first like year had been watering it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to worry about it. Great. So anytime I went in, they were looking good. Well, the last time I went in, someone stopped watering it. I don't know who oh, had been watering it, but they stopped. And so I've been trying slowly to, and I don't even know what I'm doing to revive this tree. I started Googling and it said, I probably have too big of a pot for it. So I was like, okay, I'll get a smaller pot. And then I also got like new fresh soil and some fertilizer. So we're on a mission to save Dolores. Well, what does she look like? She's bad. <laughs> right now she does not look good. She's twigs right now. Oh, she, um, is she is she's she... a Norfolk pine. So she's, okay. I mean, she's supposed to have multiple trunks. Um, she doesn't look good. <laughs> she, she, I pulled her out and was like, Ooh, I don't know if she's, I don't know if we can save her because of how bad the roots looked. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I bought all the shit. I'm going to try. I'm going to at least try. Have you trimmed it? You're not supposed to trim them, which I learned after I started doing research. But yes, I have trimmed. 
Are you not supposed to trim them at all? Because like if, if a plant is dead and you trim the dead places, a lot of times it will help because it's not using water and energy to... I don't know how to plant speak. I just know like if this limb's dead, lop it off. Yeah, no, from what everything said, and I read for like an hour and a half on this, is that don't, just don't, either let them fall off or it'll actually come back. Because it's kind of like a pine tree type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it told me don't trim them. And I went, too late Oops. for that. <laughs> she done been trimmed. Yeah, she's already been through surgery. So, yeah, so we repotted her. I need to get a picture so that in six weeks when the calendar goes off and tells me to check on her progress, I can actually see if there is any progress. (laughs) But I'm questioning if I should have done what they do with, like, avocado um, seeds and put her in water for, like, six weeks first. Uh, You you probably could, but also, depending on how much you're supposed to water her, six weeks would probably be too much. Until things start growing. Yeah. You could probably soak her for at least like a day or two and see if the roots like come back. Just like submerge them in water and leave them. She's already been planted. She's fine. She's staying how she is. We'll see. So I mean, I don't have a green thumb. I don't. I have a green thumb, but I'm ignorant about it. Like I'm able to make things grow or like I brought home a piece of lily from work and that thing almost died. And I did exactly what I just said. I was like, you're dead. Cool. You're dead. Out of here. Get out of here. And there were some that I waited until they shriveled up like an old man. And then I plucked them out. And like, she's doing great. She's Yes. I can't do that. I don't have that in me. So first of all, how that plant survived with me for so long, I don't know. And I have an attachment to it now. And I've already told Cody, if she doesn't survive, all plants in this house are gone. Because she's the only (laughs) plant. So. I also have her under lights right now, under like mm-hmm. grow lights, which I don't even know if they're good grow lights. They're just Amazon grow lights. So we'll see. So in case anyone's wondering, probably in like six months, because we're recording early, you'll hear about her progress. But I'm going to try to remember to ask you how Dolores is in a couple, couple weeks. In six weeks, do I just need to add it to the Yeah, calendar? a Dolores update. She's, I'm crossing my fingers, but I don't have a lot of faith, but she's, she's getting water. She's getting light. Um, I need to mist her daily right now. Mm. Apparently they like humidity. I didn't know that just meant like a spray bottle. Wait, what did you think it meant? Well, I, I just didn't realize that a spray bottle counted for humidity, just like spritzing it. Oh yeah, I guess it could. Hey, that's what Google told me to do. So, and then I have to keep her warm. Does she need an electric blanket? Probably. Okay. Can I go off on a tangent here? Yes. Because when you said uh, spritz it with a spray bottle, it reminded me of this lovely time when I was still in animal control and we had a hawk come in and the hawk was sick and we were trying to get it to eat. So I think we gave it like, we tried to give it a can of tuna fish and it ate a little bit, but it wasn't drinking water. So I remember thinking like, well, maybe it's because it's in a bowl. You know, why don't we just get a spray bottle and try to, you know, try to get it to drink from that? So the <laughs> my coworker, she grabs the water bottle and I'm holding this hawk. And so she gets the water bottle and she just starts like spraying the whole thing like he's Dolores, like just spraying the whole hawk. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, 
you told me to spur to to give him water and i'm like he's not a ficus like put it on jet and squirt it in his beak what are you doing you're just soaking this poor sick hog I was like, this is not my day to, can you please release me? I was not meant to be treated like this. Oh, he was pissed and I was holding him. I'm like, are you, what, what's the goal here? Cause we're not, we're not on the same page. We need to talk. Apparently I should have been more specific, but he, he drank some water. So it worked after, after we just doused him with rain He's like, it's okay. This is a soothing mist. It's a soothing <laughs> mist. I was like, oh my God, we're supposed to be professionals, guys. We are not. <laughs> I'm just not a professional in anything I do, apparently. Clearly. <laughs> but in my defense, they trained us to handle dogs and cats. Hawks were just kind of like a... You were winging it? We were winging it. I see. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay well now we know don't treat um hawks like you do dolores no don't do that they, they're they not don't a fan. they don't need to be misted no so <laughs> <laughs> yes so that's been my current adventure is trying to regrow dolores i'm really sad because i think i've already given up hope but i'm like i've got to keep going i've got to keep going <laughs> got to give never, dolores a chance <laughs> never give up hope oh if I don't start seeing, some, and I'm telling you, I fertilized the shit out of Dolores. <laughs> so, as a last ditch effort, give her refrigerated water. Because I had I had a plant that was dying before, and like filtered water. No, just like cold water, like not room temperature. It says that they don't like cold because it's a tropical pr- plant. I just mean the water because. Th- I had a plant that was dying once and kind of the same thing, like nothing worked. So I just gave it water out of the refrigerator. And my dad, he was like, you can't do that. You're going to shock it and kill it. And I'm like, well, it's kind of already there. And she lived another good couple years. Like she fucking loved it. She flourished. And I'm like, okay, that's my new last ditch effort. If the plant won't live, Done. give it cold water. Done. Got it. It's not like it can hurt, right? especially if it's not growing (laughs) (laughs) poor plant and i'm so attached to it which is what's kind of silly is i'm so attached to it can you um is it still alive enough to oh hell what's it called when you take a piece of a plant and then put it in a pot and start a whole new plant like transplant it type thing or it's not transplant i know what it Um, graft gaft graft Graft. graft. Yeah. yeah. Can you graft it? Probably not. Oh no. She's <laughs> so she's looking pretty. She's I'll have to send you a picture later. Um, she's looking real rough. You got this. You got this. Six weeks, and then we'll make a decision yeah. if she remains on my counter or not. <laughs> so what is that like? December? Um, let's see. So six weeks from yesterday. One, two, three, four, five. That'll be November 11th. Okay, so when when Lee's here. Yeah. We aren't recording then, so you guys won't get an update for a while. <laughs> y'all y'all will hear about it next year, probably. You guys will hear about it when um when we review or when I review this episode for editing and go, oh yeah, we were supposed to give an update. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, guys, my bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, yeah, I was just going to share my plant adventure with you. I'm invested. I am too. And I might have really, really soaked her because um, we did the transplant to the smaller pot on Friday and there's still water coming out. <laughs> my bad. Fine. That's fine. If it's draining, if there's water it's coming draining. out, we're good. Yeah, she's draining. There's still water draining out though. So, so that's a good thing. I figured it's fine. She probably needed the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so Dolores, we're on mission. Dolores at my house. I'm I'm here for it. I want to know all about it. Please send me daily updates. Oh, you're not getting daily updates. Good try though. <laughs> Mostly because my daily updates are just me spritzing her right now. <laughs> And then this morning, me freaking spritzing her and going, God damn it, my potatoes are sitting right behind her. So I had to go dry off my potatoes. Oh, no. Now you're growing potatoes. Not the goal. So I had to go dry them off. (laughs) Not happy. I was not happy. But it's fine. That was my own dumb fault. (laughs) Anyways, how are you? Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Oh, you don't want to add anything about Instagram and Facebook and X? Oh, we should plug our socials. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. So we we have that. Thought of it. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) we've got Instagram, Helen Hills Podcast, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast, X, formerly Twitter, Helen Hills Pod. Um, Those are all up and going. We post pictures there, and then we also have our Discord up and going. Our Patreon's up and going. So if you want early access to episodes, you can go to our Patreon. Um, we also, if you have ideas, suggestions, whatever you want to do, you can email us, HelenHealsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, all of those are up and going. We do have our link tree. So if you're not able to find anything, you can just go to link tree and it'll link you to all the things. But those are all good to go. Solid. They're working, they're running, they're yeah. up and they're ready. Yeah. And then just as a reminder, if you guys do enjoy listening to us and all of our bullshit, because we enjoy it. Um, be sure to tell your friends, family, frenemies, whoever the hell you want to listen to us so that we can grow uh, more and more and keep creating content for you guys. So, and that's it, I think. Are you ready for a story? I mean, I think so. But are we ever really ready for a true crime? No. But are you ready for a story? Yeah. Okay. Let me drink my powder water. Powder? What? What the hell? <laughs> it's got a powder in the water. So it's like, okay. it's it's my grainy water. Oh, okay. The way you s- described it, it sounded like dehydrated water or something. No, I'm not that fancy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So maybe it's just me, but it's been a minute since at least I've done a disappearance. Ooh, I think it has. So I'm going to cover a disappearance. I know you just did the, uh, what's his face, Lars? Lars Matank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, the last disappearance I did was Terra Calico, and that was released in August. Yeah, that was a hot minute ago. So we're going to talk about a disappearance. And specifically, we're going to talk about the dis- disappearance of Brandon Lawson. And I know you said that the last name rung a bell for you. and I'm- Yeah. I'm just not sure if it's because we've got Lawson and I've already covered Brandon Swanson, who was also a disappearance. It's, I, I don't know. I, and I may not know it, but Brandon Lawson, it's, it does sound familiar. I may have heard about it like once. And I'm the okay. kind of person that 
I'll listen to a true crime story three times from three different people or podcasts or whatever. So maybe I'm just not, maybe I've heard of it, but. There's a lot like that. So Brandon Mason Lawson, he was born on November 18th, 1986 in Fort Worth, Texas. Really, there's not a lot about his youth, or at least there wasn't anything notable. He had a very loving, supportive family. He had his parents, two brothers, a sister. Um, His friends would tell that he just had a way of making people laugh. He was kind of a goofball. He was fun-loving. He had met his girlfriend, Ladessa Lofton, when he was about 16 years old. And, you know, they started growing their life together. In 2013, when Brandon is 26, he is living with his girlfriend, Ladessa. Like I said, they'd been together for 10 years at this point. So if you followed the math correctly, it was they met when they were 16. And then they dated for the 10 years. And now they're 26. That's a long time. Yes. They grew up together. Like, they knew each other. So... Brandon, he was described as an outdoorsy type. He liked fishing, camping, getting his little toes in the dirt. (laughs) And reports stated that Brandon had four kids. One from a previous relationship and three with Ladessa. I'm not sure. I'm not sure their ages. I didn't have that information. And I'm not sure if that meant that like Brandon and Ladessa took a break and he had a different Mm -hmm. relationship or if he was a very young parent. I'm not sure. But either way, he had he had a lot of people depending on him. Right. He was a devoted father. He was working in an oil field. And while he might have been working this oil field, in August of 2013, he was actually about to start a new job. It had better pay, better benefits, all the good. So he was starting a better opportunity. Now, at this time, he's living his life in San Angelo, Texas. And... Not that Ladessa and Brandon had the perfect relationship. I mean, they they had issues. Brandon had a history of substance abuse that Ladessa had, I mean, 10 years, that's a long time, and she was there through quite a bit of it. And this was actually something he had struggled with most recently in February of 2013. So, oh, okay. so it's it's not like he's overcome it. It it is a struggle for him. But and Ladessa obviously didn't enjoy his relapses, and it did cause issues in their relationship. Now, on August 18th, 2013, Brandon, he would get home at around 10.45 to 11 p.m. And Brandon and Ladessa would get into an argument. The night prior, August 7th, Brandon had actually not come home. Oh. It's not clear what he was doing, but this led Ladessa to believe that Brandon was out doing drugs, that he had relapsed. His drug of choice, from what I could find, was meth. And Brandon, at this point, he claims that he had been clean for six months. He's like, no, and they they just have this big blowout argument. Mm -hmm. Now, even with the drug use allegations, Ladessa would come forward speaking of other struggles in their relationship. At the time, Brandon was working 60 plus hours a week to support the family. So that was a strain on their relationship. Yeah. And their youngest child was only a few months old. So they also also had a newborn. Yeah, that's stressful too. Yeah. So there was a lot of stress already on the couple. Now, according to Ladessa, the couple had kind of like a policy for fights that basically if they got too heated in a fight, they needed to create space for one another. 
go to separate rooms, someone leaves the house, whatever it is, they've got to step away and cool off. It just meant giving them a chance to calm down before rounding back to the topic that spurred the argument. Okay. So I think that's that's fair. And if that works for them, that works for them. Yeah, I definitely, I'm the same way. Like I need to calm down or I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret. So right. I, I definitely feel that. Right. So with that being said, at about 1130-ish PM, Brandon calls his dad who lives in Crowley. Crowley is about a three-hour drive from where they live in San Angelo. And Brandon tells his dad he is headed to Crowley. He's about to leave. His dad is like, no, 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 don't make the long drive so late. But Brandon was like, no, I'm heading to Crowley. So Brandon left his house at about 11.54 p.m., headed to Crowley in his silver Ford F-150. At 12.30 p.m., nope, at 12.30 a.m. on August 9th, 2013, so just 30 minutes later, Brandon calls his brother Kyle. And he tells Kyle that he had run out of gas and was pulled over on U.S. Route 277 between San Angelo and Bronte, Texas. So he's not really far. I mean, he'd only been driving for, what, 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. And he tells, during this phone call, he tells Kyle that, quote, three expletives are chasing me out of town. And Kyle's like, what? So during that call, it gets clarified. And Brandon says, quote, the Mexicans in the neighborhood, end quote. So Kyle's confused because he's like, what, what are you talking about, Brandon? What is happening? And he actually ends up asking Brandon, like, are you hallucinating? What's going on? Are you tripping? And he's asking him, are you on something? And Brandon right. is, Brandon's adamant. He's like, no, I'm not seeing things. This is not in my head. So Kyle, he might've been a little skeptical, but he, he's a good brother. So he, he actually gets his wife and his four-year-old son and they get in the car and head over to Ladessa's, to Brandon's home to get an empty gas can. And then they were going to take the gas can to Brandon. Ladessa was aware. They had contacted Ladessa to let her know. But Kyle heads over. He gets the gas can. And then he starts heading out to Brandon. Now, during the time that Kyle's driving over, Kyle and Brandon would speak. But Kyle was kind of having a hard time keeping Brandon on the phone. He'd only be able to get like a couple sentences in or out of Brandon and then the call would end. Now, this could because, be because Brandon ended the call or because of his reception. He didn't have mm -hmm. great reception. That's what I was thinking. Is yeah. that he just probably didn't have good cell phone yeah. reception. Which he didn't. So it's not clear if if the every conversation was ended with Brandon hanging up or with the reception being just shitty. Mm -hmm. At 12.50 a.m., just 20 minutes after Brandon had called his brother, Brandon would call 911. I am going to share the 911 call with you. Uh, just, just to note, there's a lot of versions of where the call is slowed down with what the, the transcript is. And there's a lot of speculation on what's said during the call. So I'm going to show you this version. You don't need to read what's on it on screen. Just listen. And then you can tell me what you think is said, and I'll read the transcript from Missing Persons of America. And for our listeners, we'll try to link this on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, nope, X, so you guys can listen to it as well. Now, the version of the video I'm sharing, it is like nine minutes long because the people that did this one um, actually go through and slow it down in places, try to emphasize places. We're just going to listen to like the beginning.
So super, super short call. Yeah. So what from, do you need to listen to it again or? Yeah, let me listen to it one one more time because he starts off and I, I get why they had to slow it down. It's definitely hard. It almost sounded like, okay, so I got that he's in a field and he mm-hmm. ran out of gas. And did he say something about a someone preaching to God? No. So at least I didn't hear that. So let's go over the transcript from, and this is from Missing Persons of America. So 911 emergency operator answers 911 emergency. Brandon, yes, I'm in the middle of a field. Inaudible, they believe it says escaped. We, it's not clear. But it's clear that he says, just push some guys over. We're out here going towards Abilene on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. A guy's chasing me through the woods. Please hurry. The operator. Okay, now run that by me one more time. Brandon. There'll be no talking to him. I accidentally ran into him. Nine, uh, the operator. Oh, you ran into him. Okay. You hear some something in the background. Most people believe someone says something in the background. Brandon says something that's inaudible, but then we can hear him say the first guy. There's a loud noise in the background. The operator says, do you need an ambulance? Someone says something in the background at the same time. And then you hear what people believe is actually another person in the background say, yeah. But to me, it sounded like Brandon said, yeah, to asking if he needed an ambulance. But right after that, he says, no, I need the cops. 911 emergency or their operator says, okay, is anybody hurt? Hello, 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 because it's now quiet. And no one's responding. There is background noises getting louder and louder. But that is the transcript. That's, oh my God, that's scary. So Mm -hmm. he potentially hit somebody. Or some way somehow like he got into an altercation with someone yes so that's what it sounds like from this 911 call and the call ends pretty abruptly like she doesn't have the operator doesn't have any information she's still trying to get what's going on and so brandon he calls 911 at 12 50 now there's a lot of interpretations of what is said during this call, we'll talk about some of the other interpretations a little later on, or at least some of the things that people believe they hear. And now Brandon, and he continues calls, just trying to get a hold of people. So to and from Brandon calls to his brother, Kyle, his girlfriend, Ladessa, his neighbor, which I don't have their name, and also calls from the 911 dispatcher. So... Brandon, he he just had poor cell service at the time. So when people would attempt to call him, he was at times unable to answer. It would go straight to voicemail or they would have very short, short conversations. So in attempts to call him, you know, the 911 operator doesn't know what to do. They didn't get a lot of information and the report would be input by the 911 operator as a stranded motorist who ran out of gas. So there was not a lot of urgency shown in the 911 operator's report. 
So that's not really relate to officers either. At 12.51, Kyle would call and leave Brandon a voicemail. At 12.51 as well, Brandon attempted to make a call to Ledessa, his girlfriend. Now, it said that she did not answer because she had taken her her phone out to her car to charge. So from what the report said is at the time, she did not have anything aside from a car car charger. Mm -hmm. And so she had taken it out to her van just to start charging her phone. At 12.52, Kyle's wife would attempt to call Brandon two times. At 12.54, Kyle calls Brandon. At 12.56, just six minutes after Brandon called police, another call would come into 911. But this time it is from a trucker. So he calls and he actually reports Brandon's truck. He claims that Brandon's truck was obstructing traffic by being over the white line. It was in the way. But he didn't see any signs of Brandon. He was just calling to let them know there is an obstruction on the road. At 12.57, Brandon calls his neighbor. At 12.58, Brandon calls Kyle, his brother, two times. At 12.58, Brandon's neighbor calls him three times. At 12.59, Kyle calls Brandon. Oh, my God. At 104, the 911 dispatcher calls Brandon back. She's attempting to get more details on his location, reason for his call. She leaves a voicemail, but she does call a, another time trying to get a hold of him. At 109, Brandon calls Kyle three times. And sometime after 1 a.m., just after 1 a.m., a sheriff's deputy would arrive at Brandon's truck. So this is all within like 15, 20 minutes. Well, the first call to his brother was at 12.50. So, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. Not not a lot, long time. Yeah, okay. That's got to be so frustrating, knowing now what happened and just these missed calls. And, oh, my God, my heart goes out to these people. So, just after 1 a.m., a sheriff's deputy arrives at Brandon's truck. And Brandon wasn't there. He was off playing phone tag with everyone when he could get reception. And the officer at the time, he didn't observe any damage to the truck. He didn't see any other cars. It was just Brandon's truck. And at about the same time the sheriff pulled up, Kyle also pulled up to the truck. And Kyle pulled up at 1.10 a.m. Now, this is where some reports vary. Some reports don't. Some reports say the calls ended, like no one was able to get a hold of Brandon after the call to 911. But most reports also cite that when Kyle arrives, he was on the phone with Brandon. And Brandon actually told him, I can see you, I'm right here. But Kyle, nor the responding officer, could see Brandon. And at this time, neither the responding officer nor Kyle knew about the 911 call that Brandon had made 20 minutes prior. They had no knowledge of that. Because the officer was responding to the trucker's call. Ah, okay. Uh Kyle was, he didn't know he had called 911. He was just going to help his brother. So the officer's there. He thinks, okay, this officer's just trying to get his truck moved or whatever it may be. And some reports stated that Kyle also did not inform the responding officer that they were briefly on the phone right when he pulled up. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle believed that Brandon might have actually been hiding from the deputy because at the time, Brandon had an active warrant out for his arrest. That would complicate things. Yes. So 
Kyle has this active warrant. The warrant is for possession with intent to deliver, but it was from 2005. It was an outstanding warrant. Mm -hmm. According to reports, they had only recently learned about the outstanding warrant. And according to Ledessa, they had already started taking steps with a lawyer to clear up the outstanding warrant. So it's not necessarily something that Brandon was hiding from. It was old. It was, what, eight years old at that point. Yeah. He was already taking the steps he needed to, trying to save up money to pay for fines. So for them to say he was hiding, some people are like, well, he was already kind of confronting this head on by starting to take those steps. Yeah. And for Kyle to further support his thought that he was hiding from police, while on the phone with Brandon, some reports state that Brandon would tell him one time run. And according to Kyle, that was code for law enforcement run. Kyle refused to run, and that would cause Brandon to hang up on him. At 1.12, Kyle calls Brandon three times. At 1.15, Brandon calls Kyle twice. And this is the final outgoing call attempt from Brandon. At 1.18, Kyle would call Brandon. So that was the final out. Sorry, 1.15 was the final outgoing call from Brandon. 1.18 a.m., Kyle would call Brandon during this call Brandon sounded out of breath. He also claimed to have been bleeding. But Kyle at this time thought he meant like he tripped over some rocks and had scuffed his knee or some mm-hmm. other small accident. So he didn't think anything major. Yeah. At 119, all of Brandon's calls begin going directly to voicemail. So now Kyle and the responding officer, they don't know where this guy is and calls are not getting through. But Kyle, being the good brother he is, he tells the officer Brandon was nearby walking along the road. He just kept losing service. So after Kyle and the officer speak, the officer is like, okay, well, let's let's try to find him. And the officer ends up leaving and Kyle decides, you know what, Brandon's probably hiding. So maybe when the deputy leaves, he'll come out. So Kyle decides he, he kind of drives a little way up the road to make it look like he's left. And he parks on the side and he waits for Brandon to reappear. In his mind, he's thinking once this deputy leaves, Brandon will come out from wherever he's hiding. He said he could see me. No big deal. But after about 30 to 45 minutes of waiting, Kyle left. And he left because he had brought along his four-year-old son and his son was hungry and crying. It was late. So he had to go take care of his family. Oh, I forgot his, uh, they were in the car with him. Mm-hmm. Before leaving, Kyle put the gas can in the bed of the truck, expecting that Brandon would show up soon, and Brandon could grab the gas can and go ahead and walk to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Kyle hadn't been able to fill up the, the gas can with gas because his check hadn't come through yet, and for those of you that live pay to check to paycheck, you guys know how that feels. Yeah. So, he leaves the gas can thinking Brandon will go get gas, he can walk, whatever it is, and he's also figured by the time he got back, back to the truck, the deputy will for sure be gone and Brandon would just be waiting or have already figured it out. The deputy did actually spend some time going up and down the road looking for Brandon, trying to find any sign of him, didn't see him. So just just a note to keep in mind, Brandon had only ever told the 911 operator that he was being chased. So Kyle and the deputy that responded, they didn't really know he was in danger. Yeah, Brandon had said that he was being chased out of town by, by these people, but Kyle truly believed it was likely a hallucination. At about 5 a.m., Kyle, he returns to the location 
that Brandon's truck is. And he's actually surprised to see the truck is still there with no sign of Brandon. So he's in the area. He's yelling out for his brother, looking in the surrounding area, anything he can do to find Brandon. But there's just no sign of him. And at 8 a.m., the truck is actually towed away. In the first couple of days following Brandon's disappearance, police would take a couple of actions. They would search the properties near where Brandon's truck had been found. Now, they're not doing like a thorough search. They know that a lot of people have houses that they use seasonally in the area. So they thought maybe we'll find one of these houses disturbed. Maybe Brandon tried to get water or some sign that some clear sign that someone was here while the owners are not. Okay. They found nothing. Officers would then start trying to do some thermal imaging cameras in the area, hoping to get a heat signature. Found nothing human-sized. And this is, like, pretty soon after the call? This is the first. This is, like, the 9th and 10th. Okay. Yeah. On August 11th, police do organize a search party for Brandon. Starts at 8 a.m. They would end their search at noon that day. The only sign any of them saw of a person being in the area was a very specific spot under a tree. The spot looked as though someone had sat down there. It was close to the road and within eyesight where Brandon's truck was. So they believed maybe he was crouched down here while the deputy was here. And that's where he could see his brother and the deputy interact. Yeah. But there is, that's not clear. There's still no evidence it was necessarily Brandon. On August 12th, the investigating Texas Ranger would meet with Coke County Sheriff, would meet with the Coke County Sheriff about Brandon's disappearance. And they kind of came to the conclusion that Brandon was possibly no longer in Coke County where he was missing. But they do still try to find the availability of a DPS helicopter, which they do end up using. On August 13th, Ladessa Lofton would file an official missing persons report. This is the same day that the lead investigator on the case would take a helicopter ride over the area um, that Brandon's pickup truck was found. And they determined that Brandon wasn't in the area. They kind of explained that there was a lot of exposed ground. They could not see anything. They should have been able to see him even if there was brush or whatever it may have been. Okay, because I was going to ask that too. Because I know in the 911 call, he says that he's in a field. But then he tells his brother that there are... Or was it in the call as well? He said someone's chasing him through the woods. Um, I think that was in the call as well. But okay. I think the area didn't have like a lot of wooded area. I couldn't get pictures of the area in case you were wondering. Um, it didn't have a lot of wooded area. It was more, first of all, they were going through a drought and it was very desert landscape. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in the days, weeks, and months after Brandon's disappearance, Police utilize multiple search tactics. They do foot searches with volunteers, multiple helicopter searches, thermal cameras, at least six cadaver dogs, to just name a few. I know they use like ATVs and other things to also search the area. So it feels like they're taking this pretty serious from the yeah. get-go. That's I mean, good, from at least. my perspective, it still seemed like a little bit of a slow start. Like they didn't mm -hmm. look for in the surrounding area the day he went missing. They looked in the surrounding properties. It took them two days to organize a search party. Yeah, I don't understand this, the whole surrounding property thing. I don't know why you wouldn't start at the scene, but I'm not a police officer. so I, I don't know. I didn't quite understand that. But Brandon's now, he's officially a missing person. And 
they have no clue where he went. And what's even worse is this case is cold for them. They don't have anything. So police bring in Kyle, Brandon's brother, for questioning several months after Brandon's disappearance. They would question if Kyle had possibly hurt his brother or if Kyle had aided his brother by giving him a ride somewhere. Kyle saw where this was going and he's like, give me a polygraph test. And from what I could see, he passed. He actually passed two polygraph tests. So police kind of dropped that lead. Now, police knew about Brandon having a history of drug abuse. They knew he had a warrant out for his arrest. He and his long-term girlfriend had fought due to a potential relapse, even though Brandon reportedly had claimed to be clean. Contrary to Brandon claiming to be clean, his brother Kyle claimed that Brandon had just been using substances, specifically meth, just before his disappearance. So it sounds like he did relapse. They also had strange calls with Brandon. They had his truck. And Kyle and Ledessa would later come out stating that the day of August 8th, 2013, Brandon had been acting off. He had had some weird paranoia that day. Brandon had told Kyle that Ledessa, quote, had people from their neighborhood after him. And Ledessa was like, I have no idea why he would say that. And Kyle just believed he was being paranoid that day. But they have nothing else. They don't have his phone. They don't have his wallet. They don't have his keys. There's no damage to his vehicle. They have no idea where this guy is. So after all these searches, police concluded that Brandon Lawson is not in Coke County, lost or hiding. They came to this decision based on a couple things, not just like helicopter searches or other searches. First was Kyle's explanation that Brandon was hiding from the deputy. So they thought, all right, he might have just fled. There was also no indication of foul play in the area. And a text message between Brandon and Ledessa would come out. And this showed police the severity of the fight that the couple had had the night that Brandon went missing. Now, Ledessa Lofton trying to find answers, she actually would eventually hire a private investigator who would work on finding Brandon. And that private investigator will talk about him, or at least something that they've done a little bit later on. Of course, there are a ton of theories about what happened to him. One theory, and this was actually a police theory early on, was that Brandon walked back to the road, he got a ride from a passing car, and he's missing by choice. This is one of the more popular theories. It is believed he was unhappy with his life. And this was just his way of restarting and disappearing. And he's now living a new life under the radar. That feels like... eh, That's a lot of phone calls to go missing on purpose. Yeah. Well, to further support this theory, people cite that Brandon had reportedly cashed in his 401k just prior to going missing. Yeah, but you said he was also working 60 hours a week to provide for his family. And they just had, like, a baby that's just a couple months old. So, yeah. I could also argue, like, you know, maybe they also had bills piling up. Maybe they owed the hospital money from the delivery. He also was about to start a new position Mm -hmm. at a different place. So, it's possible he cashed out so that, whatever reason. There were also no signs of foul play discovered by investigators. His phone was pinged for the last time at 1.19 a.m., but sources stated it was pinged about three miles away from where his truck was. That's, that's a long way. Yeah. Seems like a long way for 40 minutes. 
Yeah. But he had been sounding like on that call, he did sound winded out of breath. Like he had been running. So I don't know. Yeah, so that I would say like an average mile for a healthy person is like seven to nine minutes, something like that. So oh, that's a good mile. You're yeah. looking at a mile for the average person is closer to like 12 minutes. Oh, I, I meant for like a, you know, like an average healthy person who does this often. Yeah, I do not run. That. It would take me probably 20 minutes. That's 20 minutes is like a walking pace. Yeah, that's exactly how long it would take me if I ran. Yeah. My point being is like, this is what people kind of cite as this is why we believe he went missing. Like he mm -hmm. did this by choice. Brandon's family doesn't believe he would have gone missing. He, he loved his kids and he was a great father. His family just doesn't believe he would have left his family like that. Now, of course, another very popular theory is that Brandon did, in fact, relapse. He was on something when he left his car. He exposed himself to getting lost and stranded. And people believe he died due to the elements near where his truck was found. The area in which he went missing was a pretty desolate area. And police cited that it was an area with lots of rattlesnakes and feral hogs. And police basically say search attempts to locate him in this area or locate his remains have just failed. And that's what most people cite. Of course, another very popular theory based off of the phone call is that there was some sort of foul play involved. During the call, he claimed to be being chased by someone and many people actually claimed to have heard gunshots in the call. I don't remember hearing any of that. You can hear like uh, some pops. They're not yeah. super loud, but you could hear those pops. So people believe those were actually gunshots. Okay. The sounds were never confirmed to be gunshots. And others believe that the noises were from the sound of cars driving on a bridge that was nearby that goes over the Colorado River. But regardless, a lot of people believe they were gunshots. And they believe he was attacked and potentially murdered. Some even cited that he might have been taken by the drug cartel. People also cite that they claim to hear additional voices when listening to the 911 call. Some people claim to hear a third voice say, get up and protect yourself on two different occasions. And when the audio is played with the closed captioning, you can hear some of that. So what, what they believe to have been said in that time, you could definitely hear it, but I'm not sure if that's just because it's on screen and you're reading and it's a mind trick. Right. But there were a couple times during the call before I even saw all of the additional, hey, this is what we believe. I felt like I could hear a third person. So I can play it again if you need to. Um, but they also, people claim to hear Brandon state that he was shot. But during the time he stated this, the operator was speaking at that time. So it's hard to hear unless it's pointed out. I did. I, I remember him saying something while she was talking and uh, it was. It was frustrating because, I don't know, I guess the way he said it sounded important, but I couldn't make it out. So I wonder if that's what that was. Do you want to listen to it again? Yeah. And I'll let you see the actual closed captions or the whatever they call it, the text overlays. Do you need to hear any of that slowed down? I I can definitely hear the other voices. 
Yeah. And I could hear those the first time I listened to it without anything. Yeah. So it, it did feel like someone, there was another voice. But again, is that just something that because of the intensity of the call, people mm-hmm. are hearing things? It's not, it's not clear. I don't really feel like that sounds like gunshots, though. I don't know. I I think people might believe that it sounds like gunshots. I don't know if you heard the, the part where it does almost sound like he said, I've been shot. Yeah, I definitely heard that. And maybe that's why people believe it's gunshots, because it is after the first gunshot, quote unquote, that he says that. Yeah. So it's it's not super clear what it was or what they heard. These cases are always so frustrating because there's just, there's nothing. Like, that. Uh-huh. there's... So, like, it, it did kind of frustrate me a little with police, like, not at least searching the area that his truck was in originally, but also, like, I mean, I guess they didn't even know he was missing for a while. Yeah, it took Ledessa a couple days to file an official missing persons case. But it sounds like even before that was filed, they were still taking steps to locate him. Yeah. They just maybe didn't know what they were dealing with. So, Mm -hmm. Well, Brandon's friends and family, they would set up a Facebook page called Help Find Brandon Lawson. On this Facebook page, family would update, give reports on progress and all of that stuff on Brandon's disappearance. And there was a very significant update on February 4th, 2022. And I'm just going to read the entire post from February 2022 to you. So. I want to just say that it's a longer post, but here we go. First and foremost, I want to tell each of you that I appreciate all your support, kind words, prayers, assistance, concern, and love that you have given me and my family over the course of the last eight and a half years. Being Brandon's partner in life and knowing him, I know that he would feel hollowed knowing that so many people took the time to share his story. It is deeply appreciated and has helped our family in so many ways find comfort. Answers are something that we have searched for, and today I'm sharing with you that we now have some of those answers. It is with a heavy heart and great difficulties that we have an important update regarding Brandon's case. Our family's long-awaited journey to find answers draws near. For years, we have gone to great lengths to search the area for Brandon's last known whereabouts. Many searches have been conducted in various ways to locate any potential clues. We have had a circle of supporters assisting us in locating Brandon throughout this process. Recently, one of those advocates led a small search party in the vicinity of Brandon's last known location. The search team came upon some clothing that were consistent with Brandon's clothing. Authorities and local law enforcement were contacted and were able to take the evidence in for testing. The Texas Rangers conducted a search that ultimately led to them discover human remains in the same area, although DNA tests are needed to confirm identification. It is in our hearts that we know that it is Brandon. Our main focus throughout this entire ordeal has been to bring Brandon home so that he can finally rest in peace and our family can have the answers we've prayed for. I know that many of you will have questions, but at this time, we do not have those answers. We will keep everyone notified of all new developments. I ask that you please respect our family's privacy at this time while we wait for results. Brandon's parents, his children, his siblings, his family, and I thank you for your unwavering support over the years in helping to find Brandon. 
I, on behalf of our family, want to also express to Jason Watts, Dylan Ryan, Paul, Chris, Melissa, uh, Melissa, Whitney, Josh, Amber, John, John the Private Investigators, and all supporters that we appreciate all your dedication and tenacity, tenacity throughout this entire journey. Lastly, Brandon will forever remain in the hearts of all who loved him. We are extremely grateful that we can lay him to rest and our family can have peace knowing he is home. Our love for Brandon will get us through what is yet to come. All our love, Ladessa and family. So just to sum it up, the private investigator, they organized a search party. That search party found clothing that was consistent with Brandon's clothing. It was also near his last known location. So they had found his shoes and his shorts. Police conducted a search and they find partial human remains. The location reportedly was previously unsearched. It was within a one mile radius of where Brandon's truck had been found. The reason it was unsearched is because they had not gotten permission from the private property landowners to search the area. And we've heard this on multiple cases. I know with Brandon Swanson, this is still an ongoing issue where they cannot search everywhere because private property, if the owners say no, they can't just go in and search. So 2022 is when for that specific area, that search group had gotten permission to go in and search. See, I'm I'm torn on that because like, I get it. I, I get it. But that is so frustrating that they had to wait almost 10 years. It was eight and a half years. Yeah. They had to wait eight years to, to find anything. Uh-huh. And then they have still have to do DNA testing because they can't confirm it's Brandon. They just know it was his clothes. They believe it was his clothes, correct. In June 2023, the family provided another update. Good morning, everyone. We know that all of you have been waiting anxiously to hear the results of the DNA analysis of the human remains found early last year. Unfortunately, we still do not have those results. I know with the statement, the question many of you have is, why? What is taking so long for these results? Here are some, not all, of the answers for those questions. One, as Ladessa stated a number of weeks ago, very little remains were found. This presents a challenge at the laboratory because with each attempt of analysis, a small portion of the remains is destroyed in the process. Two, the remains were exposed to open elements for over eight years. This causes extreme degradation, degradation of DNA in the remains. So far, the remains have been to two separate laboratories in an attempt to overcome these challenges. All of this, no doubt, causes frustration. Bear in mind, no one is more frustrated than Brandon's family and loved ones. The Texas Ranger currently in charge of Brandon's case is weighing other options in attempts to ID these remains. In respect to his investigation and the case itself, we cannot reveal what these options are. We will update everyone further as soon as we are able to. Thank you for all your continuing support and prayers. We trust that God will lead us to answers. These poor people. Yes. And I have a very recent update as well. Okay. Well, that one was, you said June, July? June, June 2023. Oh, this one okay. is September 12th, 2023. Holy crap. And I'm just going to read it again. Good morning, everyone. We like to keep our community as up-to-date as we reasonably can regarding the status of Brandon's case. As most of you are aware, the labs were not able to extract enough DNA from the remains found in February of last year. 
the Texas Ranger in charge of Brandon's case has been weighing all options in attempts to ID the remains. The clothing that was found by the private search party has been tested for DNA as well, but nothing has resulted from these tests as of yet. As of our last communication with the ranger, he believes that the most probable next step will likely be to return to the area where the clothing and remains were found and search for additional evidence. We have no time frame for when this search will occur as of yet. With the weather beginning to turn cooler, we hope it will be soon. We will update as soon as we are able to. Thank you all for your continued prayers, love, and support. So they must have found like a very little, little bit. Yes. Yes. They did not find a lot. They only found a little bit. Part of this could be due to animals. We know there were hogs in the area. So Mm -hmm. if they contributed in any way to scattering remains, it is possible. Now, at this time, when we are recording as of October 1st, 2023, there are no further updates. I could not find any dates for when they were going to search. But we do know there is still an ongoing investigation. I'm glad they haven't, like, shelved it. Well, I mean, my only thing is Ladessa and Brandon's family did have to actually pay a private investigator to get this far. Because the private investigator and his team were the ones that found the initial clothing, mm-hmm. which they then turned over to police, and then police had to go out and search for remains. Which makes me wonder, like, if the private investigators got permission to search this land, did the police not? I mean, or it, is it because they are a private in- investigator and not police that they were allowed to search this land? It could just be that it took that long for the landowner to say, fine, yeah, go ahead and search. And it just happened to be that it was the private investigator and his team searching at that mm-hmm. time. So. Now, if anyone happens to have any information on the disappearance of Brandon Lawson, you should definitely call the Texas Department of Public Safety at 512-424-5074 or the Coke County Sheriff's Department at 325-453-2717 or just call your local police. And that is where the disappearance of Brandon Lawson stands today. That's that's just such a frustrating case and I feel so bad for them. It's so hard because there were so many things, but nobody knew everything when it was happening. Like nobody knew that Brandon had called 911. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I don't know if I added this, but some people speculate that during the 911 call, you can hear him at the very end, very faintly say, help me. Oh, that's, oh my God, shivers. But nobody knew that until people, or nobody believed that until people started listening to the audio and slowing it down, doing enhancements. So it's a lot. And I did include pictures. Let's see, what pictures did I include? I believe I included the the flyer, the missing persons flyer for Brandon, which we'll get that posted. Um, a picture of him fishing, which he looks like he's having the time of his life. <laughs> A picture of him and Ladessa, and then also the memorial cross that his family has placed where his truck was. And you can see a little bit. Oh, I forgot I put that picture. You can see a little bit that it's not like there's a lot of tall trees or woods right there. Yeah, it's really not. Like, uh, looking at this picture, it is. It's pretty sparse, I think was the word that you used. Yeah. And it was, at the time, the area was going through a drought. So they even said, like, you could see individual corn stalks. You could see... Someone laying on the floor if someone was out there. It's just, I just, I hate that because it's, 
it's like they had so much information and so little because they were it was disconnected yes that's perfect way of saying it thank you it's so sad it just so sad i hate the missing cases i mean i hate the regular cases but it the regular cases i hate i hate the true crime cases but the missing cases feel so much worse because it's it just leaves them with a hole they they don't have closure they don't have justice yes. they and that's the other thing is they don't have answers mm-hmm. right like you said they don't have closure but they they have nothing they have no idea yeah those missing persons cases well they kill me but also i think it's important to get the the word about them out there for anyone that does have answers or leads or anything 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 literally anything or if you're a property owner down there, give them permission to search. Hot damn. Yeah, just let them take a um let them take a dog. dog out. Yeah. Cause like I know with the Brandon Swanson case, a lot of that is the private property is because they're it's farmland. Yeah. And so they don't want their crops being ruined. But I also feel like there's gotta be some flexibility or some compromise. Now with this one in Texas with Brandon Lawson. I don't know if that's farmland. I have no idea if it's farmland or just private property. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it feels like there's got to be a compromise when you're talking about someone being potentially injured yeah. on your property. No, I'm with you. Like there's, it's... and I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I would, if a police officer came to my door and said, Hey, we have this missing persons. Is it okay if we search your property? And even if I have concerns with my crops, let's freaking work it out. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I can see both sides of that coin. Um, especially if you have, you know, an entire search party walking through your crops and stuff, but, but there's gotta be a way to work it out because yeah. with like the Brandon Swanson case. And again, I don't know if Brandon Lawson, I have no idea if these are farms or if there's crops or anything involved. I don't know, but I know for Brandon Swanson, People worked it out. Like, they figured it out. Mm -hmm. It just was, you can search during this time. Like, you have to do after we have harvested crops. Okay, that's that's fair. Let's work it out. And even then, if if someone were to bring a dog, like, they already have potential remains and clothing. Like, it feels like, just, you know, just let, like, one or two people and a dog in. Right. (sighs) I don't, I don't like know. it, Bryce. It just, it kills me because it is, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's gotta be a compromise. Anyways, well, are you ready to tell me a story? Um, Yes, I actually am. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a while. Um, I didn't know what to do. I just didn't have anything in mind. So I scrolled through the drive and I chose a haunted location. Yeah, we, we're cryptid girls through and through. Mm-hmm. But I had never heard of this place, so I chose it. It is called the Harvard Exit Theater. It's in Seattle, Washington. It was built in 1925. It's a three-story building, and it was originally built by the Woman's Century Club. The Woman's Century Club, according to womancenturyclub.org, is a social club focused on women's history, the arts, education, and community service. It was founded in 1891 by suffragist Carrie Chapman Catt, a protege of Susan B. Anthony. 
Damn. So some badass bitches is what I'm Yeah. And the woman's club in Seattle, this, in this building at this place, uh, these women, they sponsored important figures to visit the city, including Susan B. Anthony herself in 1896 and Amelia Earhart in 1890, nope, in 1933. They also paid the salary of the city's first librarian. They fought to raise the age of consent from 12 to 18. And they helped pass a law against public spitting. So all the hard-hitting topics, the woman's club was at the forefront. How dare you spit in public? Disgusting. Not anymore. They took care of that. You can note that's against the law. Be a lady. <laughs> or a gentleman. I don't know. Stop they spitting. Were, yeah. They were they they spit at you spitting. That's what they do. They spit on you while you spit at the floor. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Women just come out of the woodworks and spit on you. I don't want that, so I will not be spitting. Yeah, that, that sounds horrible, honestly. Um, from 1918 to 1920, Bertha Lands served as president of the Women's Club. She was elected mayor of Seattle in 1926. Not only was, I'm going to call her Big Bertha because she was a big deal. Not only was Big Bertha the first and only female mayor of Seattle, but she was the first female mayor of any major American city. Dang! So, snaps for Bertha. You go, Bertha. Get it, girl. And other than the women's club, the building was also used for other various community gatherings and events. Uh, all the way up until 1968, when the building was sold to Jim Austin and Art Bernstein. And <laughs> I saw these men described two different ways that I loved and I kept. Uh, one of them described the men as eccentric film buffs. And the other one described them as a wild bunch of hippie types. Those wild hippie types. Mm -hmm. So you take it. You know, whatever you want, however you feel. Essentially, it with a grain of salt and mm -hmm. <laughs> adapt, I guess. Um, so they bought the building in 1968, but the building was sold with a caveat. They could not change the lobby, and the women's club were permitted to meet in the lobby still. And they kept that up until 2015. Dang. Where do they meet now, then? Well, that's what sucks. Uh, I could not find where. But from what I found, they do not meet in this building. But up until 2015, they would meet at noon every third Friday of the month in the lobby of this building. They still owned. And they, they live true. They never changed it. And if you look at the pictures, the lobby of the building is just chef's kiss. Like, it's so pretty. It's a it's, spectacular lobby. Yes. It's it's so pretty. It's got, like, the high curtains and the, the carpet that I don't think anybody would choose nowadays. But it oh, looks, I definitely would not choose that carpet. Absolutely not. But it fits in this room. It works. Yeah. So, from, from what I read, they, the, the women's club, I keep wanting to call it the women's club. The women's club still owned the furniture and they still met there all these years later. So shout out to the eccentric hippies for keeping their word there. 
Yeah, might as well keep your word. In 1979, the cinema was bought by Osteen and Harvard Investments, and it was operated by Landmark Theaters. And in 2015, the building was bought by Scott Shapiro of Eagle Rock Ventures. He apparently spent an undisclosed amount renovating it to an office and a restaurant. So it was a woman's club and then it was, or well, I'll say a community center. It was a community center. It was a movie theater for years and years. And then Scott Shapiro buys it and he renovates the hell out of this thing. He's like, women's club, what? No, we are going to change that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was like, I've got stuff. I've got big plans. Don't even bother asking about me (laughs) keeping things how they are. Absolutely not. Uh, He didn't just replace windows, light fixtures, add an elevator. He did do those things. But he also had to bring the building up to federal code. For electrical, seismic, water and sewer, and fire safety codes. So it was just operating outside of codes. Apparently so. That just doesn't sound legal, but I guess it's not. For a movie theater at that, excuse me, a cinema. It was a cinema. But still, like, that feels... Dangerous? Yeah. Like, it feels like you're uh, playing with fire. Um, yeah. And greasy popcorn. They spent a lot of time and money restoring the building back to its original glory as well. Uh, You can see in some of the pictures, there's a lot of windows. A lot of these windows were apparently blocked off when they made it into a theater because I didn't know if y'all knew this. Lights aren't good for movie theaters. Like windows, natural lighting. Yeah, they don't like that. I thought you just did a a projector style midday, you know? That was the best time to do a movie. I mean, it is for me because there's nobody there and it's cheaper. Oh, you're saying a matinee. Oh, yeah. I love a matinee. (laughs) But he did put a lot of money into restoring that. So he opened these windows back up, uh, let some fresh air in. You know, I don't know how people restore things. But he did a lot of work putting it back to its original glory. And in July of 2018, the Seattle Consulate of Mexico made its home in the building. And as far as I can tell, that's what this building is now. So, sorry, you can't catch a movie there anymore. That's boo sheet. Now, before we get into the haunts, <laughs> there were a few uh, oddities in the building that were found over the years. My favorite one, the theater staff was enamored with what they called the Shurinal. Do you want to just take a stab at what that might be? The urinal? Uh-huh. Sounds like urinal. You're halfway there. Is it the she urinal? No, and I'm so glad it's not. <laughs> it's uh there was a shower on the second floor with a urinal inside the shower. Why? I have absolutely no idea. Okay, cool, 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 Is cool. That, that has to be a 20s thing, maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not urinal. Well, none of us are urinal here. <laughs> uh there was this is uncomfortable. They're, they also found a room hidden by a staircase during the renovations. And they found it by looking through a hole in the drywall. And inside this room, there was a small window and furniture. Y'all, if there are hidden rooms, you gotta leave. Just get out. It's, 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 get, just leave. 
burn the place down. Bad things happened. I refuse to accept that anything good happened in those rooms. Well, even after they found it, nothing good happened because all they did because to, all they did was stir the shit up. No, they literally just sealed it up to abide by fire code. Furniture and everything still inside. They were just like, I don't know, put some drywall there. That looks They're great. Like, yeah, we didn't need that anyways, guys. <laughs> yeah, spackle it, sand it, paint it, we're done. Get it over with. Now the building, it has a basement where supplies are kept. It said that they would keep ice cream there, extra sodas, stuff like that. And <laughs> it had another basement under that basement. The basement under the basement. <laughs> guys, don't. <laughs> the sub-basement held this big furnace that didn't work. And it's believed that the building next door to the theater was a speakeasy during Prohibition. So when the police would raid the building, the patrons in that speakeasy would escape to the lower basement of the Harvard Exit Theater through a tunnel. And I guess just hang out around the furnace. Okay. Y'all just, y'all, something else. (laughs) Prohibition was a wild time. Prohibition was wild. (laughs) People, uh, when it was still a cinema people were said to regular regularly come in just looking for ghosts okay from what i found the building is said to be haunted from by five to seven ghosts no no one of them being mayor bartha lands there's also a woman in 1920s dress that many people see she lurks around the building but mostly in the balcony, and she's said to like pestering the theater workers. She's a party. She's a who. She's like, are you done yet? Are you done? Like, she waits until you sweep, and then she's like, oh, you miss a spot, and just throws a piece of popcorn on the ground. And then eats a piece of popcorn, staring you straight in the face. Mm-hmm. She's my type of party, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Peter. Peter, he hangs out on the first floor. Um, he's, he's half a man. Um, should I be concerned about that statement? (laughs) Well, he's a whole man, but half of him is solid and the other half is see-through. And before you ask, it's unclear on which is which. I don't know that I was going to ask if we're going to be honest. Oh, I still want to know if anybody knows, if anybody can find it. If anybody knows Peter... Let me know. Is he see-through up top or is he see-through down below? She would like to know if you can see his Peter. Can I see Peter or do I see Peter's Peter? Which one is it? <laughs> is that why he's called Peter? <laughs> well, he he's called Peter because he'll tell you his name. He's very sociable. He's said to be intelligent. Uh, he loves interacting with people. And he introduces himself as Peter. Peter, I don't want your friendliness. Please stop. <laughs> If I go to a haunted hotel and someone's like, my name's Peter, I'm going to say I'm out. I didn't <laughs> ask. We're not doing introductions today. Sorry. My name's Half Solid Peter. <laughs> okay, please get away from me, Peter. <laughs> he's said to be dressed in old clothes. Uh, he's playful and social. Also, he's is known to scare people just because he's a ghost and he can Look, Peter, we could be friends, except for the fact that I feel like you scare people by whispering in their ear. 
And that's where the line is crossed, my friend. I mean, I don't, I don't want him to whisper in my ear, but if I were a ghost, I feel like I would be a Peter. Oh, you would for sure be a Peter. Mm-hmm. I would even tell people that my name was Peter and they're like, but you're a woman. And I'm like, I didn't choose this life. Look, my name's Bryce. I'm pretty sure that's a male name. People can go suck it. <laughs> There's also a British ghost. Not sure how they know he's British, but they said they feel like this, this ghost is British. Feels uh, right. It just feels right to them. <laughs> now, the British ghost is not as social as Peter is, but they are known to move things around and they're blamed for feeling a presence when nobody is there tugging on clothes or purses and they like to touch people don't touch me i think we've talked about consent before ghosts don't get it ghosts are like we don't need consent and i'm like oh you need consent more than anyone else needs consent, my guy you absolutely still need consent that's not how this works you need extra consent is what you need there was a manager that claimed and most of these stories are from Actually, I'm pretty sure all of these stories are from when it was a movie theater because it was a little more public. Obviously, with it being um, a government building, less stories are going to come out. Um, But when it was a cinema, the manager, he claimed to have opened the theater one morning only to find a fire burning in the fireplace that he had extinguished the night before. And to me, like this, okay, that's not the craziest thing. You know, if you don't properly put out a fire this can happen it can reignite right yeah but i um, just don't really buy that this was random well he didn't either um because he said that all the chairs in the room were also pulled into a circle like someone or something was having having a a meeting yep it was the women's what was it called the women's club the women's club Woman's it was the woman's mm-hmm. club for sure. I really hope so. It's either the woman's club or Peter and the British ghost. It was, I refuse to admit anything else. Like, I will only accept that it was the woman's club and they had a late night meeting because there was an emergency with the women's club. Someone spit in public. Shut the front door. Retaliation time. It's, we got to figure out, we got to get a plan. Yeah. Bring so. the toilet paper, bring the eggs. We gotta, we gotta straighten this jackass out. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna say a cuss word. I'm so mad right now. Exactly. Another story is that a member of the women's club hung herself upstairs and is just doomed to haunt the building forever. I don't know. I, I don't know much about that. That's literally all I could find in multiple sources. So I'm gonna choose not to believe it because. I don't know why you would, because the women's club was doing great things. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, A similar story is that instead of hanging themselves, numerous women who were part of the original women's club haunt the building. And it's said that these spirits seem to know each other. They have helped cinema employees. And they're seen in various places throughout the building, just hanging out, being ghosts. Doing their thing. Yeah. Talking about spitting. How dare you spit. (laughs) Multiple sources stated that a woman actually dug up the basement. It was unclear which basement, the basement or the sub-basement, 
But she dug up the basement looking for a skeleton. This feels like I should have been able to find more on it. But this that's, feels like someone got arrested. That's what I thought. Like I, it, surely it would have had to been in the newspaper or something, right? This is a historic building. You can't just go digging, digging up, up walls, basement. What? Uh, one man came in one night to catch a movie and took a photo of an employee standing near the window. Now the employee allegedly refused to tell the man her name, which. I can't blame her. You just took a picture of a random person. I wouldn't tell you my name either. That's creepy, sir. I mean, I'm just not telling you my name because I'm uncooperative. (laughs) (laughs) That feels right. (laughs) That tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the weird thing was this was the only employee in the cinema without a name tag. And they've had they, they have no idea who it was. It's because it wasn't an employee. It was not an employee. They've had experts look at this picture and they said that somehow it is overexposed and underexposed at the same time. Is that even possible? I don't know. Apparently it is. That's what the experts said. That's what the photo experts said. That's what CVS told me when (laughs) I got my pictures developed. CVS was like, I don't know how you did it, but you're an idiot. Don't take pictures like that ever again. You know what? Better yet, just give us the camera. Just, you know what? Even better, just don't come back. (laughs) Go to Walgreens. They love this type of shit. (laughs) Uh, People also report uh, strange noises, dark shadows in the building. Electronics stop working for no reason, which feels like that would suck in a literal movie theater. Um, When the building was still a theater, employees hated going to the upstairs lounge. But nobody could tell you why. People would just leave it like the room made them uncomfortable. They felt watched. That was that was it. It was just kind of vague answers. I mean, I would feel uncomfortable too. I'm uncomfortable just talking about it. I don't want a ghost to touch me, okay? We've said this since the beginning. You have to have consent. I don't want a ghost to touch me, and I definitely don't want them lighting fires in my house. I don't even have a fireplace, so we're going to have a problem. Especially if you light a fire in my house. Exactly. (laughs) Please don't do that. I have gas appliances. Please don't do that. Um, People also report feeling feeling unexplained lights and orbs. Um, No, they see. They see unexplained lights and orbs and being touched when no one's there. I think I don't like any of it. No. um, I don't think I have any reason to go to a Mexican consulate and I'm not upset about it. Okay. I don't know I if think- that's... Is it Mexican consulate or is it consulate of Mexico? I have no idea. I don't either. I'm ignorant, y'all. I'm ignorant to these things. But that is the story of the Harvard Exit Theater. See, I have a love-hate relationship with ghost stories because I love the fact that there's people out there willing to go and risk their entire lives to be touched by a ghost. But I also hate the idea of being touched by a ghost. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I less than love it. Yeah, I hate, yeah, it's not, it's not for me is what I'm saying. Mm, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on that same ship. (laughs) that's just not gonna fly with me guys don't touch me don't don't even come near me actually like let's just is there yeah. ghost spray 
Like with bear spray, is there ghost spray? Is that just holy water? I was going to say, I think that's just like, well, it's a mixture. It's salty holy water. Okay. As long as it doesn't stink, I'm good. I'll use it. No, I don't think it would stink. Cody just walked in and said, just remember, you didn't believe in ghosts until you met me. Yeah, motherfucker. That's because shit started happening when I met you. Why are you bragging about that? That's (laughs) not, not something to brag about, sir. That he brags about it. But he just walked his ass in here to be like, just, just remember, you didn't even believe in ghosts until you met me. And it was like, yeah, because I was safe. And then I fucking (laughs) met you and I was no longer safe. Why I agreed to this marriage? I don't know. I must really freaking like you. Tell Cody to mind his business. You can't put that on me. That's on you. Amanda says, mind your business. Yeah. the one that made the glasses move. That was you. I didn't make shit move. That's not my fault. My first experience was um, glasses being pushed off of the counter when we, first of all, did not have cats at the time. Secondly, the dogs were on the uh, couch with us. And I was laying there watching them just kind of like, you know, like you have a cup just off the counter. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, and he's trying to blame that shit on me. Absolutely not. That's his fault. Was there anything in the glasses? Yeah, I woke him up and gave him a heart attack. Well, yeah. <laughs> Point being is love-hate relationship with these because I'm so intrigued by like ghosts and spirits now that I know Cody and that all that bullshit happens and that we captured the picture of the chickadee back in the corner in my house. You know what mm-hmm. picture I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, the one that made me physically jump. Yeah. Um I'm very intrigued, but I also don't really want to be touched by them. I don't want to be fucked with. Okay. That's what it comes down to. I don't fuck with them. They don't fuck with me. We're good. And see, that's where I'm at. Like, if we can live in peace, if we can cohabitate here, that's cool. Fine. You live your ghost life. I'll live my non-ghost life and everybody will be happy. But don't start fucking with me. Don't start fucking with my children. Don't start fucking with my animals. The other part is that freaked me out that used to Cody. Cody's dog. This is his dog because right now I'm mad at him because I'm reliving these mm-hmm. memories. Um, he used to chase non-existent shadows. No. So no. we'd be sitting Which in dog? the li- Bentley. Oh no. We'd be sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden Bentley is chasing something that's on the wall, and there's nothing there. No. So yeah, not a fan of that. It is for sure my least favorite thing. Um, he doesn't do that anymore, by the way. Good. So for sure he was chasing some ghosts there. Um, I maintain it was Cody's fault because it's always Cody's fault. I mean, yeah. He just came in and bragged about it. So (laughs) he was so proud of himself. Like, hey, hey, you didn't even believe in ghosts until you met me. Like, I don't want to believe in ghosts. I don't want that (laughs) lifestyle. I would like to be ignorant. I don't want, I want to be ignorant. I don't want to know any of this. Here we are. That's his fault. I'm sorry. As you, as you can tell, I am not, not thrilled with this, but it's fine. I'm sorry for the life that you chose and put yourself into. God, why did I do it? I must really like him or something. I don't know. Regardless. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram, Hell on Heels podcast, X, formerly Twitter, Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. 
You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell and Heels Podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you, we can, do- you can donate through Patreon, where we're working to release specials for Patreon for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellandhealspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.